You are now tuning in to Nude Radio with your host, Kenny Heflin, and I hope you all are having a beautiful week. My God, y'all, we are officially at the end of 2022. Isn't that like, isn't that crazy? I mean... It's so surreal that here it is. We are about to be at the beginning of the year of 2023. Wow. That, I mean, it's, it's so surreal, you guys. You know, I've been reflecting per usual <laughs> and it's just interesting how this year has been what felt like a two-part season if you will you know the beginning of this year felt like it was so long ago i mean like it honestly felt like it was so long ago, like longer than a year. But in reality, it was some months, you know, a year, basically, almost. And yeah, the first half of this year just feels like, what the fuck? <laughs> and then the second half, you know, with the summertime and everything like that, things got a little bit more smoother, kind of, sort of, we had some hiccups, okay, but, uh, overall, 2022 was, a uh, an interesting year, I will say, it was, what's the word that I could probably use, it was very eye-opening, it was very eye-opening, which, We'll touch into, but before we get into it, make sure to subscribe to Nude Radio, streaming on all platforms where you could hear a podcast. Also, make sure to follow me and support the Nude Radio Instagram and Twitter under the same handle that is at Nude Radio 101. And if you want to reach out to me personally to let me know, what you've been thinking about and how your 2022 has been and what you look forward to for the new year, make sure to follow me on Instagram at Kenny Heflin. So now that we got that out the way, <laughs> how are you all? How, how has your 2022 been? Did you learn a little bit? Did you love a little bit? Did you have some fun? Did you deal with loss? You know, have you treated yourself kindly? Have you given yourself grace? Have you practiced 
some sense of peace, whatever that looks like for you, whatever that looks like for you, have you given yourself space and opportunity to exist in the present? All while never forgetting the past, but looking forward towards the future. Well, I hope you have. I know I have. And, you know, it was interesting because I originally thought about doing a closeout episode. I guess at some point, you know, I'll have that, you know, but I think it's also a little bit more intimate to have a closeout episode just with me and my perspective and just checking in with you guys, you know, but 2022. Wow. I'll ask you guys this. I had posed a question. I think it's probably been about two weeks ago now on Twitter. But I had asked my followers, and if you all follow me on Twitter, then you would know. If y'all don't, listen, make sure to follow me. Anywho, I had asked the people, if you had to explain 2022 in three words, what would it be? And mine, you know, just in case y'all wanted to know, mine, I, I described my 2022 in three words. I, what was it? Ooh, I think it was, uh, it was emotional promiscuous and (laughs) confused. (laughs) I know, I know. If I would have did like a top five, obviously I would have got really good, but I, that was literally like the first three words that I could think of to really wrap up this new year. And obviously with season three, you know, we started at the top of the year and everything like that. Of course, getting into everything that came with that, you know, y'all can go listen to the old episodes for that. But we had a lot of moments that were just emotional. We had a lot of moments that were promiscuous, you know, no shade, but I mean, I, I had a time. I I truly had a time and I don't regret none of that. You know, I don't, I don't regret none of that. 
it was all a part of my learning experiences and just, again, being present. And I realized, you know, if that looked as if, I know for some folks, some people would agree, some people would disagree, you know, when it comes to connecting with people sexually, people believe in soul ties and they have like different hangups and everything like that, which we'll definitely get into in future episodes, of course. But just from my own personal perspective, that was a space that I was able to occupy freely and a space that I was able to enjoy and in the craziest of ways, which again, people would dispute this, but I'm not disagreeing with them, even if they had some pushback, but I just felt that it was also a way of being present. It was an exercise of being present by also expressing myself with human connection, you know, and Hey, I mean, it was what it was, right? Like the first half of this, of this year was crazy. I mean, sheesh. <laughs> wow. And like I say, it just feels like so long ago. Oh my gosh. Like it feels like so long with, I mean, cause, ooh. Who said that? Was it? Was it? Oh, it was Evelyn Braxton. You was laying it low and spread it wide, bitch. When I tell you I laid it low and spread it wide this first half of the year, Lord have mercy. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was, it got real. But that was that. I started to settle down, you know. I started to date and create new memories and connections and everything. And I learned a lot from that experience. And I think, you know, um, just to get into that, a recap, if you will, since I did cover this particular conversation, I think it was a couple episodes ago. So the guy that I was dating for like the last seven months, we, you know, had a link up. He suggested that we got together to have a talk for clarity. And for the life of me, I was confused because I thought, okay, well, you handwritten me like a five page letter just detailing how I made you feel and how I impacted your life and apologizing for certain mischaracterizations that were maybe portrayed within that relationship, you know, which truly 
felt, I mean, honestly, like I, I felt vindicated and in turn, I feel like that letter in those five pages, it redeemed my opinion of him and how I saw him because I did get into a very dark space as far as how I viewed him after the fact because of the sense of disappointment of the, like I say, the, the mischaracterization that was placed on me, I was deeply offended, you know, that that was that was tough. Like I wasn't hurt by the ending of it because, you know, like I had explained before, I had my own reservations and many things, but I was deeply offended. So with that letter, definitely shined a light on just the fact that, you know, I'm not, I'm not the bad guy. You know, I, I truly, like, I, I try my best to get on the same page with my partner as much as possible. And take that for how you will, you know, obviously being on the same page can mean different things for different people, but just know I try my hardest. Like I actually put effort into making sure that we are on the same page and as aligned as possible. So it was vindicating to have that put into print you know, and especially after, you know, a statement that he had made weeks before and everything like that. So I'm I'm happy that we got that out the way. And, you know, honestly, I was hesitant to meet up with him because, you know, I, I didn't know exactly what that was going to look like. I honestly wasn't really at a space where I was ready to actually see him in person after so many months. And really, again, it was me not feeling prepared or ready to see him in person because of that feeling of anger that I had towards him based solely based on the mischaracterization of him feeling as if or him saying that he didn't feel that he could be himself, his full self, when I knew for damn sure that the last six and a half, seven months, that's literally the space and grace that I provided him. You know, I let myself be available to let him feel free to express and to be him self to the umpteenth extent, right? So I was really happy. Like I said, I was really happy that he was able to point that out on the first page of the letter and apologize for saying that because he had realized that 
that was a lie. He was able to be his full self and that he had never been able to be that way with anyone in his life. So even though I had forgave him after reading the letter, I think it was just such, I don't know. Like, I mean, I had like this feeling of like, okay, I can forgive you, but I don't know. It's weird. It was kind of like, oh, I don't fuck with you type feeling. I don't know. Like, I was just letting that melt away, if that makes sense. Like, again, I wasn't mad anymore after the letter, but I guess I just needed time to get into, like, 100% full good space when it came to him, if that makes sense. I guess. I don't know. But I talked to some of my trusted friends and family members, you know, the council. And of course, you know, I was met with some pushback and questions like, you know, why, what does he want? Why do you feel that you need to meet up with him? You know that you don't have to meet up with him. Didn't y'all already get clarity? Didn't he write a page, like a five page letter? Like, is that not enough? And like I told them, I know, I I know (laughs) that I don't need to, and that I don't have to meet up with him. I know. I know I could get this out the way through a text message, a FaceTime. I know I could have possibly ignored it. I know that I could have flaked. I know that I could just not have shown up. Like, I know that I didn't have to do anything. Like, I didn't owe him that. I'm aware of that. But I think I had mentioned in the last episode that I felt a sense of What's the word that I can really like? I felt. I felt empathetic to. Where he is right now. I did. And. Like I explained to him when we did actually end up meeting up is. At that time, you know, this was maybe a week or two ago now when we had met up and uh, like I told him at that time, or at least this time last year, this time last year, I was in a space of hurt. I was in a space of remorse and longing and looking for closure and it triggered me. I had a, a, a sense of anxiety when the day and the hours and the minutes were approaching that I was going to be meeting up with him because I could feel, you know, if you guys haven't picked up on it before, I'm super duper 
empathetic, like I'm an empath, like I can feel people and feel their energies and feel their emotions and everything like that. Like I've always been this way, just tapped in, right? And him reaching out, I, I could understand and and again feel what he had to be going through for the last couple months, for the last couple weeks and the days and the hours and minutes and seconds, like everything. I know exactly what that felt like. And like I told him when we sat down, I knew that this wasn't easy, you know, because I know on his side, he had to have experienced some pushback from his trusted friends or family members on writing me the letter, you know, reaching out to check in, texting me happy birthday. And even a couple weeks after that, actually reaching out to see if I would be open to meet up with him to have this discussion for clarity, right? So I could understand and I could feel the angst, the fear, the panic, you know, the word, like, I know how that felt. Literally, this year, this time, everything. Like, I knew how that felt. So, what I thought was like, you know what? Obviously, I don't have to do this. I really don't want to, but I'm open to it. I wasn't closed off by it. Like, I was open to it. So, that's why I did it. That's why I did it. And I did it because I realized after having a conversation with my mom, she was like, if not now, then when is ever a good time for shit like this? I mean, here it is. He and I live seven minutes away from each other driving. I mean, there's a possibility that we could run into each other, you know, in a grocery store at McDonald's or somewhere, right? You never fucking know. And nine times out of 10, the same conversation that we were going to have that night would happen in someone's establishment or in someone's parking lot or in our car, like, or at a bar. Like, we, live very close. So the probability of us running to each other now that we know each other could happen. It's it's pretty high. And we would have still had that conversation. So, you know, like my mom said, since the opportunity is here now and you're open to it, just have it. Like, yeah, that's pretty, yeah, that makes sense. So I had it. But yeah, approaching that conversation was very triggering because like I say, I could feel that emotion and I could feel exactly where he was coming from because that was me this time last year. Ugh. It it took me back. It took me back to 
what was a very dark space emotionally and mentally for me, a very dark space, very traumatizing space, right? And I felt like, you know what, if us having this conversation for clarity could give him some sense of closure and help him move forward and help the both of us move forward, honestly, if that could bring some peace and start off like a smooth journey for the both of us, then by all means, sure, let's have the conversation. And we did. You know, he listened to the show, which I don't know which episode he listened to. I think I could figure out which one, but, you know, he had heard some things and those were my truths. (laughs) You know, I said what I said and I meant it. And those were words of my present thought process and emotional state at this time. And I'm going to stand 10 toes on what I say. I've always been the type of person. I don't say things I don't mean. So I'm going to double down on it, triple down everything. Like that's where I was. That's how I felt. So I felt like, you know, that's never like the best option for an ex lover to listen to the show because I'm very much a transparent person. I'm very much a honest person and it's no need to lie for sympathy. It's no need to sugarcoat or to leave things out. I mean, for what? Like the fuck? Like it's, it's unnecessary. I'm going to give you guys my point, my perspective and whatever lessons I learned along the way, I'm going to share and update y'all on that because that is evolution. That is progress. That is what I strive for. And I hope that you guys do the same, right? Just to become a better version of yourself for yourself. Because ultimately, you're better for yourself. You're going to be better for everyone else around you, right? So we had, I feel like the conversation was about three hours long. And I gave him my full perspective on how I felt he was able to ask questions and I was able to give him those answers. And throughout the conversation, throughout those three hours, there was a lot of tear shit, you know, from him and everything like that. So I said it across from him, but I just wanted to be honest. I wanted to be honest. I wanted to be forthcoming and I wanted to give him that space to feel some sense of comfort in those answers to kind of ease whatever questions that had been plaguing his mind, you know? So I felt that I did a good thing and I felt that, you know, it was, mm, I'm sure after a while, like, you know, it'll sink in and affect me in a positive way too at some point in the future. But 
I feel like, you know, it was medicine for the both of us to ultimately heal and move forward in life. And, you know, it was a time to put all things on the table, literally, and let it on out. You know, I wanted to be that person that the person that I once sought closure from wasn't able to be for me. You know, I want to pay it forward and keep my karma good. You feel me? So we had the talk. We had the talk and it was emotional for him and I could feel that. And I I didn't like seeing him cry. I, I didn't enjoy that. You know, I did not enjoy that. I think the big things that made him emotional was just him hearing the the anger that I had built towards him after the fact. You know, I think... Another big part was just me explaining to him how I truly, I I fought. It was, it was tough. I was plagued with the thought if this was the right person for me, if this was the right time, you know, if this person could fulfill me. I had that question on top of my head. Anytime I thought about him, I felt this sense of, I guess, like dread because it felt like a dark cloud. Me questioning what I was doing with this person. I know that I have feelings for, I know that I care for him and everything like that, but there are things that are missing. And it were things that I tried to downplay to, to minimalize, to justify certain things within the relationship. And those things were genuine. Those things are actual big things. Never will I, and y'all hold me accountable. Never will I minimalize my sense of intimacy and how I approach intimacy and how I express myself. You know, through affection and physicality and time spent, you know. Never will I minimalize the fact that, you know, I love all the quality time. I love all of the affirmations and I love all of the attention and, and, you know, I I love the cuddles and the 
sleeping together and just like I love all of that, especially when you're my partner. I love that shit. Oh my god, I eat it up. But I also love to have sex with my partner. I like to have sex with my partner and for a while I just remember I was like is this this is stupid why am I like I was second guessing myself even though I knew I should be able to feel desire for my partner at all times because they fulfill me in those in those departments just like I'm fulfilling them I should be able to feel that and in this relationship I wasn't feeling that you know I was making sure I met his requirements right but my needs weren't being met it was imbalanced in ways at times so I tried to minimize that and that is something I'll never do again you know I'll never second guess myself when it comes to feeling as if the person that I'm being their safe space if they are able to be mine never I can't let that go on for too long so that was something that I think struck a chord to him because I was just able to give him just a little bit more clarity as to how I truly, truly felt and how I really did fight to overcome some of those things, even though in reality, now looking back on it, I should never had overlooked those things. I should never had tried to downplay those things and minimalize them as if they were small and stupid and, you know, like, no. So now I understand that. And I have to hold myself accountable for that mistake that I made. And I mean, all of this is a lesson. And like I told him, you know, he felt that or at least he didn't want me to feel as if this was all a waste of time, you know, a waste of my time. And like I told him, you know, I'm a, I'm a person that suffers from toxic positivity. So I look at all things as learning lessons <laughs> and just different ways for us to evolve and to step forward in life and just progress. Right. And I want that for all of us, literally. All of you guys that are listening, like, I want that for all of us. And it's really just a way for us to, again, to be a better version for ourselves, but also for the people that are around us, be that family, friends, or romantic partners. So it all just circles back to the fact that here it is, we're, we're, facing each other we're having this conversation and you know i think another part that made him feel away from what i observed at least was just the fact that 
I had to be honest with him, but also with myself, I think a couple of days before us actually meeting up with the fact that I had become emotionally unavailable. I went from being emotionally available while I was dating him to being emotionally unavailable and he teared up and he apologized and I didn't really know exactly how to respond to that because it was just like, oh no, you're good. No, because it's not. I mean, like I told him, it is what it is. Like shit happens. Like that's exactly how I explained it. I mean, I, I, I did not know how to, how to really respond to that. And I think that's really the best way to, to respond to it. Cause I mean, I'm not going to tell you like, oh, it's okay. Cause it's not, I mean, it's not okay, but hey, shit is what it is. This is where I'm at, you know? And like I told him, you know, cause he wanted to know like what's next. And I told him, you know, time is a healer of all things. And I don't want to speak on anything. I don't want to put anything out there for us to expect, but do I know where that leaves us? No, I don't. But the letter was a great step. Me responding to the letter was a great step. Me being receptive to you reaching out these last couple months or weeks or whatever. Great step in us ultimately sitting down for what were three hours on a Sunday night was a great step. And like I told him, no matter what happens later in the future, we're good. We're good. Like it's no, it's no hate. It's no malice. We're good. You know, and we walked out, we talked, he broke down here it is. I'm like, I'm trying to keep it together and stuff because again, I know how that feels. And I told him, I know what you're feeling. I know what you're feeling. And I know that you miss me. I miss you. I know that, you know, you would want to have some type of connection, whatever that would look like. But like I told him right now, we just need some space. We need some boundaries put up just for us to both respect those boundaries and just let time do what it's going to do. And it's too soon. Like I told him, I know that feeling of wanting to have a peace of someone that you love or care about after a relationship. I know what that feels like. And honestly, I'm sure y'all know what that feels like too, because we've all pretty much been in a space where 
we had become conditioned with having access to someone that we loved or cared about. And then when that line is cut, we fight, we we try to juggle and, and put together something, some kind of way for us to still stay connected because in all intents and purposes, I became a drug to him. You know, he had got so used to having this access to me, this space of graciousness, of patience, of affection, of care, of consideration. He got used to that. And now that that's all gone because we're not dating anymore, that's, I mean, that's gone. It's gone. And that type of attention, that type of detail can become addicting. And when you take it away, you're fighting to have some type of connection. You're fighting to have some type of outlet with that, that source, that drug, you know? And like I told him, I know what you're feeling. I know what that feels like, right? Like I literally can feel what you're feeling right now because this was me this time last year. Trying to forgive, trying to move forward, but also still trying to have some type of connection, whatever the fuck that looked like. And do you know how torturous that was? That shit sucked. Like, do you know how painful it was to go from being used to talking to your person all day, every day to now? Here it is. Y'all tried to be friends or be cool. And now you're second guessing every single time that you feel that you want to reach out to them and just to say something because you're wondering if, is this too much? Am I doing too much? Am I moving to, like, am I moving too fast? Am I going to push them away? If I send them this meme, am I going to, you know, what about if, if we still follow each other? What, about, what, what, what do I do? Like, do I call them once a week? Like, do I call them once a month? Like, do I text them? Like, Hey, how you're doing? Like, happy birthday. Uh, I don't know. Like, Happy birthday to your mom or sister. I don't like, do you know what? Like that was so fucking horrible. It's so bad. And like I told him, because I know how you feel right now and I know exactly what you're going through right now. I can tell you for sure. It's not going to feel good. And I don't want to be that person to you. I don't want to be that for you. I do not want to be that for you. I would rather tell you, look, let us respect each other's boundaries respectfully. Let us just 
give it time. But, you know, I, I don't want to be that for you. I don't want you to feel that toward like, no, not at all. I won't allow it. No. And then also, I need to get comfortable with the fact that this is the reality. Like, so I don't want us intruding on each other's healing and and moving forward and all of that stuff or whatever. You know, and what in a way like broke my heart is just like the when he had just, you know, said how much he misses me and just like how he can't not cry without like it's like he can't think about me without crying. That that fucked me up. That fucked me up. And and I know that it wasn't in a manipulative type of way. I know that it was genuine coming from him in that moment of vulnerability. And I respected that. And I could see that. And I could feel it. And I, I mentioned to him, I'm like, look, I think, you know, whenever you can think about me without tearing up or crying, I feel like at that point, that would be around a better time of maybe both of us being in a better space to have some type of cordial connection or, you know, like you can't speak for the future or whatever, but that's what you can start off. Like that will be point A, you know, for the both of us. I think that will be a good starting point. So whenever that is, just let time do what it's going to do. And and, and I, I truly hope that that conversation that we had put him in a good space. And it was, it was good to have it. I, I felt good having it. And, you know, I hope wherever he is that he's, that he's doing good, you know, I can, I can honestly say that I do wish him well. (laughs) I don't think I really ever said that about anybody else. (laughs) Because like I told him and even what I told you guys before, like this year has been a year of apologies. I mean, I honestly, like I was again in that space where I needed closure from an ex. I was in that space where I was having to hear closure from an ex before the last ex. Like, it was a lot. It was a lot. I mean, between one fucking just having a full 
panic attack, like, and letting anxiety win again. And the fact that I was actually open to meeting up with them and because I, I, I miss, I missed, I, I missed him and I, I still miss him, but I was open to plan on his time and again, trying to be open to being on his level, but anxiety is a bitch. Anxiety is not easy. And, you know, I guess for him, at least I could say that I hope that he has been doing, I don't, (laughs) I hope, I hope, I really do. I hope that he has been doing the work and I hope that he gets into therapy and, and talks to people and really practices better ways to deal with anxiety when it comes to expressing himself emotionally and not being crippled and beaten down by it so that he can actually experience the love that he deserves, that he's willing and able to give. So I hope, I hope that he gets that, you know, but anxiety won, anxiety fucking won. And I had to move forward with that. And then with the other one, you know, people move forward, people go ghost and that's what that is. But also, you know, um, I can't deal with the games. I can't deal with the games and hopefully, you know, folks grow up and mature and, and, and really think about how they treat people and how they wouldn't want to be treated. I hope people step into other folks' shoes, you know, so there's that, but this year was full of apologies. And like I told the guy, you know, a couple of weeks ago, I'm like, I want us all to be able to appreciate and to love one and to realize what we have and who we have when we have it. Hindsight is always twenty twenty, and we're always able to see what we took for granted after the fact, but we're not able to respect it and appreciate what that is when we actually have it. So I feel like moving into this new year, what I want for myself, but also for all of you is be present. Love, appreciate, respect the blessings that you have while you have it. Be that with your job, 
your livelihood, your friends, your family, your lover, in all aspects. Take some time to really appreciate what you have because things are so final. You know, people could never want to talk to us again, depending on how certain breakups go. And, and they have those, they have that right. You know, people are leaving. Like, it's so many different ways of how this shit goes. And it's like, you're not always going to be able to get that closure that you need. And you're going to have to be forced to be stuck or to find closure within self without that person. And a lot of us don't have those tools just yet. A lot of us aren't that strong emotionally yet. And that's something that I aspire to have. And I want that for all of us. Like that's just going to strengthen our mental maturity and our emotional maturity. So just remember that because a lot of people will be like, fuck you. <laughs> I don't want to talk to you no more. You know, bye. You know, like block and really mean it. Like, <laughs> like the door could be closed forever. So appreciate and love on the people that you have while you have them. Whenever shit is getting crazy, like communicate that and try your best to meet each other halfway. And if it's not working out, communicate it. But then also know when to leave and to trust your gut. Because the thing is, being emotionally available and unavailable it's not, it's not always black and white. You know, people can be emotionally unavailable for different reasons. People could be emotionally unavailable because they have different goals, you know, that are at the top of their priorities. And at the root of us, we all want love. We're all human. We all desire, love, and connection, right? So that's true, but also a lot of us aren't good at multitasking. And maybe it's not the right time to be trying to graduate from college and trying to get the promotion or trying to become the best content creator or travel or whatever your passion is, whatever your dreams are. And also trying to nurture love. Like sometimes we got to take some time to get those things situated first and then pick up on love. Some of us are able to juggle all, all of those things at once. Right. But 
everything is not all about becoming emotionally unavailable because you got your heart broken or because you went through a breakup or, you know, it, it doesn't, it's, it's not always a bad thing to be emotionally unavailable. I think for me at this point now, I feel like I, I, I tried my best in this most recent relationship and it was a battle fought well. You know, I learned a lot. I learned a lot when it came to my patience and how to date someone who was out of my normal type. Because y'all know I don't have a physical type, but I had to learn this year that I had an emotional and mental type when it comes to the guys that I date. They're all very similar. You know, they're all pretty laid back, you know, I'm a laid back dude, but they're all like laid back and quiet, a little bit more reserved. But the crazy thing is the communication is also just as laid back and reserved. (laughs) So that's where we are misaligned, you know, with this most recent guy, you know, he was very much like, uh, a very enthusiastic, vibrant spirit, very spirited, very emotional, very sensitive, very um, (laughs) argumentative, you know, but he was able to express himself, which I, I loved that aspect about him. You know, he was able to express himself emotionally just as well as I was, you know, at times, I guess, but we all have blind spots. We'll just say that. But I was able to be patient and to stretch my muscles when it comes to, you know, stepping outside of my norm. Dating somebody is totally fucking different. So that was like my biggest takeaway from this relationship was more so me truly like trusting my intuition and knowing when to hang it up flat screen or when to be patient and to push forward in a positive way, you know? So there's a lot. There was a lot, you know, that's why I say the last year has been emotional. It's been promiscuous, but also confusing. And I feel like, you know, now as we approach this new year, I just want to have fun. Like I want to experience new things. Like I want to travel. I really, really, really want to travel. You know, I love Los Angeles. This is my forever home, but I want to travel and and experience new cultures in different cities domestically, but also internationally. You know, I want to make new friends. And 
I want to continue moving forward within my career, but also within this platform that is Nude Radio and, and being able to impact more people's lives and hear y'all's stories and experiences and perspectives all around the world. Like, I love you all. I'm so grateful for all of you. And I love the things that I hear, the feedback that I hear. Y'all know I love it. Good, bad, indifferent, whatever. Like, continue to do that because we're all we got. (laughs) We're a community at this point. We're a family at this point. And I want us to be able to have that space to be able to really articulate our thoughts, views, and opinions on things when it comes to love, sex, and relationships, wherever we are, you know, that's the goal. That's why I do this. And I want to continue to grow with new radio. I have some great ideas. <laughs> I have some, some ideas, you know, a little something, something been throwing a few little spaghetti noodles at the wall, seeing what sticks and all that stuff when it comes to growing nude radio and everything. And I look forward to those things. And when it comes to love, I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I don't know. It'll come when it comes. I'll be, I may be, technically, I may be emotionally unavailable at the current moment, but I know that I still want the same thing that I've talked about for the last three seasons. And even before then, I know that I still want that companionship, that partnership within my marriage with my husband and a family, you know, and us building a family, a healthy, happy, and loving family, a secure and trustworthy family, a strong family, right? I still want those things, but I think because of just the days that we live in and just the communities that we occupy, it makes it a little bit, it makes it hard because you see so much foolery going on and you see how majority of these couples, quote unquote couples, right? how they make fools out of their boyfriends or girlfriends or partners, you know, or their spouses, right? And it's really sad. It's really, it's embarrassing what, you see people go through on the other side and you just always hope that everyone's not like that. You just always hope that 
that's not going to be your experience. And you just hold out on the fact that if you continue to do the work that the love that you seek, you obtain at some point soon enough, right? Maybe, sort of, hopefully. So it's it's difficult. You know, you run across a lot of people. Like my dad says, you're going to have to kiss a lot of frogs. <laughs> and I realized that, you know, Dating sucks. Dating is annoying as fuck, but it's necessary if we truly want what we say that we want. We're going to have to keep trying whenever we feel that we're in a good space. We dust ourselves off and we try again, dust ourselves off and try again. Just pay attention to all the signs and hope for the best. You know, so I think that's really what it comes down to is really just being able to accept that and to understand it and to move within all the waves of what life has in store for you. You know, I think that's really what it comes down to. But this is what it is. This is what it is. And at some point, you know, I'll I'll have that. And when I, I meet someone who is available emotionally, I pray that I'm able to adjust automatically and be as available as they are to me. And we are able to reciprocate that evenly in a healthy, happy, romantic way. And we can build from there and build a, a true and solid foundation, you know? So we'll see. We shall see. I mean, here it is. I had to watch some love stories. You know, I had to watch one of my favorite movies, um, Call Me By Your Name. It's one of my favorite movies of all time. But I felt like I was a little blocked and I needed to provoke some type of feeling and emotion, <laughs> some type of inspiration. And I did, you know, I cried. The movies, ugh, that movie fucks me up because again, Everything that goes on in that movie, I, I can feel what the characters, the acting was just so good. Oh, my God. The acting was just so good. The music, the scenery, the the dynamics. Oh, my gosh. So that movie did, you know, it, it brought something out of me. It did. Because here it is, 3.56 a.m., <laughs> I'm sitting here recording this, but maybe I should read this. Okay, so while I was watching the movie, because it, you know, like I say, it brought something out of me. 
some inspiration. You know, whenever I'm inspired, a lot of creativity just spills out of me. And y'all know that I love to write. So I'll read this. And I haven't even like, actually, this is me like reading it for real, for real, like right after I just wrote it and I haven't really edited it, any of it, but bear with me. It's something, you know, for myself and to you guys, it's called Immortal Love. Y'all ready? Okay. So. I said, I truly believe that love is immortal. It creates feelings of deep longing, passion, and euphoria, which impacts our lives even when we are gone. Love imprints itself into the fibers of our physical, mental, and emotional state striking a strong feeling of self-realization that we are alive. The memory of love, the feeling of love, the longing of love are all a part of something so much bigger than ourselves. Love past, love present, and love future the many moments that we get to experience love through familial, platonic, and romantic impacts the many parallels of existence itself. It's love immortal. Okay. That was something I, I wrote. <laughs> I think I'll start to share a little bit of my little, I don't know what to really call them because I, I do write poetry and everything. I've been writing poetry since I was 13, but sometimes I write things that just need to be written down and yeah, just little stories. But I think um, just to wrap up this episode with 2022, like I told you guys in the beginning, I hope that you were kind to yourself and you were gracious and patient with yourself. We all experienced some type of loss this year. We all experienced some type of happiness, some sense of love in whatever way that that may look like, we experienced it. We experienced our wins and our losses and our successes and our failures. And that's okay. But it's all about how we overcome them and how we move forward and really how we become the better version of ourselves. Practicing good character, 
being honest, being forthcoming, be vulnerable. There's a beauty in vulnerability. Don't ever feel as if you're being robbed of something because you're being vulnerable. Even if it's with a person that probably doesn't feel as if they should even deserve that. But the fact that you were able to feel a feeling, it was worth it. So I look forward to having more discussions with you guys in the new year. I'm excited for what it has in store for us. And I hope that we all learned a lot this year and we were able to love overall. So like I said before, check us out, subscribe to Newt Radio, streaming on all platforms where you could hear podcasts. Make sure to follow me on Instagram at Kenny Heflin and follow our page at Nude Radio 101 on Twitter and Instagram. And like I told y'all before, I'm trying some new shit. So if you want to see my face, go ahead and follow me on TikTok. Okay. On TikTok at Kenny Heflin one. Okay. That is on TikTok at Kenny Heflin one, and that's the number one. So we're going to see what, like I say, a lot of spaghetti noodles. We're going to see what sticks. Okay. But I'm glad to have you guys with me on this journey. I love you all and I appreciate it. And I hope you guys have a happy new year. Bye.